0: boys and girls ladies and gentlemen welcome to another episode of the pod street prospects my name is Derek and I am John what's going on everybody we have a very specific episode heading your way tonight, where we're going to talk about one guy and one guy only. And John has the name
1: of that individual. Yeah, so we're going to talk about Jay O'Brien. Uh, and, and the reason that I really wanted to talk about Jay O'Brien is, you know, I've for the past two plus years have been solely focusing on prospects when it comes to my writing. I mean, obviously, when I talk on Pod Street Bullies, I cover the Flyers. I, I mean, I'm a Flyer fan. But I really love following prospects hockey. And part of what I like is I never mentioned to be a scout. I like the story. I like kind of the trials and tribulations it takes somebody to get to the NHL. And I think that Jay O'Brien, when we're talking Flyers prospects, is like the most polarizing figure. He's kind of the one where there's such a unique story right from the beginning. And you really don't know how this is going to turn out. So I really felt like it would be a cool idea to spend a little bit of time talking about good old Jay. Of course. I mean, you got a guy that went from,
0: you know, absolutely dominating at Thayer Academy out of his draft year, uh, getting drafted, what was it, 19th overall, I believe? Uh, yep, 19th I, overall. Yeah. yeah, 19th overall. And I mean, the path that he's taken since being drafted has been. Uh, What's the word of uncommon, if that's the the perfect word for it?
1: <laughs> right. Yeah, and before we even get there, I do kind of want to take a minute to talk about Jay O'Brien before the draft and then kind of the draft, and then we'll get into the once he's a part of the Flyers organization.
0: So of Jay course. O'Brien,
1: you know, he comes from Thayer Academy. He has a great I, I, I don't know what you call it, senior year. I don't think he was a senior, but I'm not really sure how that works. He has 80 points in 30 games, but he's high school.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Our listeners don't need us to spend five minutes talking about the difference between playing in high school and playing in you know a major junior league. You mean it's not you – know, it's pretty different, right? You know, It's very,
0: very different.
1: <laughs> so Jay O'Brien – you know he's draft eligible that year and NHL Central Scouting their final rankings for North Americans so this you know how NHL Central Scouting does it North Americans and Europeans so it's yep. a little skewed is 32 with their final rankings among North Americans okay so you have to remember that Europeans right we still had guys who are going to be blended in there before him right Erasmus Dali, and Bovquist. Yeah,
0: in a perfect world, he's likely in the late 50s to early 60s.
1: Right. So, anyway, Ron Hextall decides to take him 19th overall. Now, when you look at this big picture, right, Ron Hextall made a name as a Flyers general manager as being kind of a draft guru. Oh, yeah. He, he was kind of the guy where it was like he was picking up these people that you n- never were too sure of and they were, seemed to be panning out, especially a guy like Morgan Frost, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, when we took Morgan Frost, we didn't expect him to turn into what he did at the OHL – I mean in the OHL. Of course. It's interesting looking at Hextall's 2018 draft because with the O'Brien pick, he gets a little cocky. You've said this a million times before, and the more we talk
0: about just this subject in general, it definitely just resonates with me, and I'm I'm seeing more your point of view than anyone else's.
1: Well, and you have to remember, a few months after that, right, he gets fired. Yeah. So, you know, he makes a good first-round pick, 14th overall, he gets Joel Farabee. Yep. But then 19th overall, you know, and I'm going to let you kind of take it from here and list off some of the names, but... There were some decent guys on the board, and he decides to take Jay O'Brien.
0: Yeah, it's it's a bit of a question mark because, like you said, it sounds and seems like Hextall got very cocky with how he drafted here because you have the Faraby pick, and then you got O'Brien. And then immediately after O'Brien, the Kings take Rasmus Kupari, the San Jose Sharks take Ryan Merkley right after Kupari, and then the pick just after the Merkley pick is K. Andre Miller, and the Rangers took him. Uh, you can look at a couple other picks, maybe you know Erasmus Sandine or a Dominic Bach. But, at the but you Santa- don't even need to exactly just those two names right there. Ryan Merkley is a phenomenal talent if his attitude you know straightens right. out. And then K Andre Miller is one of the best defensemen in the NCAA right now.
1: Right, and I mean, I always think that it's really interesting when, just imagine they take either Ryan Murray or Keandre Miller. Now they have their number one defensive prospect. Mm-hmm. Then, are they taking a Cam York?
0: Ooh. See, and that's a phenomenal rabbit hole that we're going to go down here. Right. Because I really don't think that they take a defenseman in the first round of the 2019 draft.
1: No. I don't think so either. Okay. I mean, and then it, do they then make that trade with Arizona? Do they trade back? Do they end up taking somebody else? Do they grab a Caulfield? It, it,
0: it gravitates around that one name, and that's Caulfield. They right. figure out, and I think it would be stupid of them to trade down because they know what they want. They want that scoring winger. Yep. They go out, and literally with that draft pick that they traded to Arizona, they get
1: Caulfield. Right now, you know, this isn't a conversation on whether or not we thought we think that like Bobby Brink is a good replacement. But I do think that they made out pretty well with Bobby Brink. I think that Cam York was a good draft pick for what they had. But it would have been interesting to see, kind of Hextall take someone who he probably should have taken Mm -hmm. instead of J. O'Brien. But he takes J. (laughs) O'Brien. And those people who are searching for to be the guy where it's like, oh, well, no one else knew about him, but I'm amazing, get on his high horse because of his speed. Uh, it's the hipster pick. You know, it's
0: right, the. Exactly. I, I picked him because I, you know, this is what I saw in him, and it's it's right, the right. unpopular Ron pick.
1: went Fish Town. Yes, Ron
0: <laughs> Hexall went to Fishtown, and somebody in Fishtown was like, "Listen, man, you <laughs> gotta pick this J. O'Brien guy out of Thayer Academy. Just right. trust me." <laughs>
1: <laughs> so anyway, they pick him. I mean. Listen, the kid has skill. You know, he's a very skilled forward. You know, I don't care what level you're at. 80 points in 30 games is amazing. And drawing comparisons to a guy like Jeremy
0: Roenick, who played at the same academy. Like, that's those are lofty comparisons, but they're made with, you know, some conviction.
1: But I think the funniest thing is I remember watching the draft, and he gets picked. And they, they go, you know, some question along the lines of like, Oh, what does it feel like to be... Uh, drafted by the Flyers, and he goes, Oh, you know, same colors as my high school, so pretty cool. I'm like, Oh, great, we got one of those guys.
0: I'd be a little more <laughs> excited. You were just a first round draft pick in the NHL. Holy right. crap.
1: <laughs> so, anyway, he is going to Providence College freshman year. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, this is. NCAA is a route that so many players take these days. It's great to see that college hockey is now producing pros the way it is. Yep. Um, goes to Providence College and no bueno.
0: No, he poops. Men. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, for various reasons, okay? He was on and off with injuries. He just never got comfortable on the team, um, could never rack up the minutes that he probably needed to produce points. But in 25 games, he has five total points. He does join the World Junior Team. Mm-hmm. Plays in seven games. No, no points. points. I mean, he's not a factor. Um, you know, I always like to look at college, right? When a, ki- when a kid, when a prospect goes to college, people get upset when they don't start producing right away. But yep. I want everybody to think about their first year of college. Whew. Right. Okay. <laughs> You know, I mean, it's such a transition. Now throw in the fact that you're a first-round draft pick, you know, and you're expected to produce. That's a whole nother level of transition. And he just never got comfortable. That's a lot. It's a lot to put on the shoulders of a kid
0: coming into college where it's like you don't know anybody. Typically, you don't really know many people. You're becoming accustomed to the campus and life around the campus and classes. Like, that's. I couldn't imagine. I myself could not imagine having to go into college my freshman year and assume a role like Jay Bryan could assume, where you're supposed to be one of the best hockey players on campus that year. And right. then all of a sudden, it's like, man, I'm not doing well. What's going on? And then it just. Snowballs and snowballs and snowballs to the point where Jay O'Brien put up five points in 25 games for Providence, which is much less than ideal. At two goals, three assists, the guy's better than that. We know that, and it's evidenced by how he's been this
1: year with Penticton, right? So, well, and that's the thing, right? There will be college players who are drafted who their freshman year don't put up a lot of points. Most of those guys, though, unfortunately, aren't first-round draft picks. Yeah. And it was like after that year, you just knew that Providence wasn't going to work out. Then there was this whole, like, I've never even seen this, like, I don't even know the word, for lack of a better word, drama behind where he was going to wind up. Oh, it was like a soap opera. Right, because it was like, well, is he going to go to the major junior? You know, oh, is he going to the BCHL? You knew that he had to, at least to my understanding, he had to go somewhere else before he could transfer to a different college. Yep. So, he chooses the BCHL. Yeah. Now... We could go on, and we did. We spent some time talking about this on Pod Street Bullies, where it was like, "This is a league where you're going to be playing against inferior talent." Yep, it is. It is not the Q. It is not the OHL. It is not the WHL. Absolutely not. You know, but good players do come from there. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, who are some? Of, I mean, I know you did some research. Who are some of the guys? who came from the BCHL, who are now legitimate NHLers. Or, I mean... Well, if we're going to start legitimate NHLers, you've got guys like Jamie Benn.
0: Jamie Benn's one of the best players in the NHL right now, and he came from the BCHL. His draft year was 2007. He was drafted in the fifth round. Uh, Tyler Bozak was another undrafted guy who played 04-07 in the BCHL. Riley Nash. Travis Zajac was one of those guys. Troy Stecker for Vancouver. Duncan Keith. You know, he was drafted out of the NCAA, but he played a couple years in the BCHL. He played two seasons in the BCHL. Kyle Turris, Alex Kerfoot. And if we're going to look more recent, you've got guys like Danton Heinen from Boston. You've got guys, um, let me look back through here. you got Dennis Chalowski out of 2016 with uh, Detroit. They picked him up. Not a big name, but Dante Fabro back in 2016 with Nashville. Yep. Tyson Yost, uh, Colorado. Uh, Kale Howarth was the fifth-round pick for Columbus, and he's playing at UConn right now. And then you've got guys from twenty nine. Uh, the one guy that sticks out, uh, Alex Newhook, was picked up yep. by the Colorado Avalanche, playing for the Victoria Grizzlies, and now he's at Boston. He's at Boston <laughs> University,
1: and so, he's having a decent year, you know, 22 points. Right. So, Derek, the interesting thing about all the guys that you mentioned that's different than Jay O'Brien. Yeah. Is what?
0: The fact that, and I might not be getting at the same point you're getting at, but a lot of them weren't drafted out of the BCHL, but Jay O'Brien was also drafted out of high school. Okay. But to my knowledge, they went to the BCHL first. They did. The BCHL was the first stop
1: along their journey to the NHL. Right. Right. So, I mean, and even like a, a guy like Newhook, right? Yeah. He's he's he goes BCHL. And which college is he at now? He's Do you, at you have Boston. that on you? He's at Boston, all right, where hopefully Jay O'Brien's gonna be playing next year. Um but it's very rare that you see a guy take a step back. Yep. So he's playing, you know, he comes into the season in Penticton. He has to be a star on the team. I mean, he turned 20 in November, which means he wasn't 19 for very long during the season. And immediately at, he,
0: I have to, I have to interrupt you. He's at Boston college, not Boston university. Okay. I apologize.
1: Okay. Nope. No worries. So he goes to Penticton with the intention of going to BU next year. Mm-hmm. I mean, and he cites that as his reasoning for going to the BCHL. He keeps which, his eligibility. Yep. So that's fine. But at the same time, pressure's on. You're a first round pick. You're twenty years old. You're playing against inferior talent. What I what I struggle with, and I'm gonna go into his point totals in a second. Of course. I think what I struggle with is the expectation that certain people have put on him that say that he needs to be scoring Two points per game for us to have faith that he's going to transition into an, a good NHLer.
0: Yeah. Um, when you think about it, though, it's not two points per game is a pretty lofty uh, expectation. You know, New Hook was at 1.92. And then you look at guys Tyson Yost in the BCHL, his career, he was 1.54. Uh, You know, Fabro, as a defenseman, was 1.1. So, you know, I feel like expectations should be tempered a bit just because of the struggles that he had with Providence. And now he's in the BCHL, and he's playing well, let's be honest. You know, like you said, we'll get to the point totals here.
1: Right. I mean, 58 points in 40 games.
0: Yeah, 58 points in 40 games. You know, that's... Let's be honest. It's not a bad uh, stat line. You know, you've got... 1.45 1.45 points per game. Right. That's It's not two, obviously, set by God knows who set that little, you know, where they set the barometer. I but, mean, a few people. Yeah, and it's a been people. some known people. But 1.45, right.
1: again, basically one and a half points per game. It's not bad. No. I mean, you know, and once again, he dealt with a little bit of an injury hiccup this year. Yeah. You know, and... Typically, you're going to play with that injury for a little, little bit. It's going to slow you down. But what I do like to see is that when he's producing points, it's typically coming in multi point games. go mm-hmm. as recent as yesterday, Wednesday, he had scored two goals. Yep. You know, a few nights before that, three. he had three points. Then yep. he's got two points the night before that. You There's know, the
0: Centennials, the uh, West Kalana Warriors. Two goals against West Carolina, one goal, two assists against Merritt. He's putting up the two points, essentially, per game. And, you know, one night he's got an off
1: night. That happens. You know, and I think that the way that I look at this season is this is merely a confidence boost for Jay O'Brien. You know, people need to stop looking at him as someone who's going to be on the Flyers' Next year, the year after, like this is a long-term project. Now, Ron Hextall probably shouldn't have drafted him in the first place, but he did. So now this is what we're living with and we need to kind of take the long-term approach with him. So this year, he has now regained the confidence that hopefully he had when he was in high school. Now it's time to transition, transform that into college Hockey. Next year at BU, he has to be a dominant player.
0: You're right. And let's be honest, with Penticton right now, he's playing a pretty decent role on the team. This team Mm -hmm. is second in the BCHL. They're first in the interior division of the BCHL with 80 points. The only team that's better than them is Coquitlam Express uh, with 84 points. He's playing well on a really good team. So, you know, what what else is there to be expected of a guy who you're really expecting again, like you said to be rebounding and kind of building that confidence until he gets to BU next year.
1: Right, but so here's the concern though. So you look at somebody like Alex Newhook, okay? okay. Alex Newhook goes from the BCHL to Boston College. Yep. Right. Do you have any numbers on what he's doing in Boston College or no?
0: Boston College, he's got 22 points, I believe, around 24 games. Whereas, you know, last year, hell, 53 games, he had 102 points in the BCHL with Victoria. Right. But it's a pretty big jump yeah, from the BCHL to college. Yeah. So, and if I remember I, correctly, too, Victoria was a bad BCHL team. And he put those right. numbers up on a terrible team.
1: Right. I guess... What The point I'm trying to get at is, like, Newhook is a year behind O'Brien. So, like, O'Brien kind of has to leapfrog that freshman year number because he's already had his freshman year in college. So he's got to be able to produce, I want to say, closer to 40 points in He's got to essentially pull a Joel Faraby. Joel Faraby had... Just over,
0: just under, I believe, a point per game pace at BU. Mm-hmm. If O'Brien can show that type of production with the Terriers at Boston, I really think that you'll find that he's gotten back on track and he's the first round pick that we kind of envisioned because that's the type of pedigree
1: you expect with a first round pick. Right. And see, but that's the thing that I struggle the most with, man. Mm hmm is I, I didn't envision him as a first-round pick. I don't think a lot of people did, really. <laughs> you know, and, and if he was going in the first round, I'm thinking more the late portion of the first round. You yeah. know, this is still the middle of the first round, you know, pick 19. Yeah, that's a lofty pick. I mean, that
0: you couldn't have summed it up any better than you did. Ron Hextall got extremely cocky with this pick.
1: Right. I mean, I think that somebody could write an entire piece on just... This is the definition of Ron Hextall ego reaching like its pinnacle point. Yeah, this is primo
0: Fish Town Ron Hextall <laughs> <laughs> saying, "I know what I'm doing. Don't worry." <laughs> right.
1: You know, and it was great that you know Flyers Nation got excited about it, but at the same time, it's just it's one of those things where we didn't really need this risk.
0: Yeah, for a team that was priding being prided on for their drafting prowess I, I could have put that much better than i actually
1: just well, did i got you though
0: you know um there's better picks to be had the key the con Andre miller the ryan merkleys you know it's right. it's frustrating as a fan of the team to see also as you know you want to call us analysts or media members whatever right you may have um there were picks to be made that could have been more successful immediately, but we don't know how Jay O'Brien's going to turn out. You know, we can only guess at this point.
1: Right. And I mean, I think the great thing about this, if you want to flip it to the positive, is the Flyers, like, they have the ability to be patient with him. Also, knowing that, like, if he isn't being successful, he's not going to have any trade value. So it's like you have some of these people where it's like, oh, if they're having somewhat of a down year, should you trade them? You know, no one else is really going to value Jay O'Brien the way that the Flyers do. Yeah, it's like the Robert Haig mystery right now.
0: (laughs) We all hate him, but at the second that someone suggests
1: trading him, he's worth the world, you know? (laughs) Right, right, and Jay O'Brien isn't getting you much. I mean, he's not even really a sweetener in a deal at this point. Yeah, you know?
0: At the absolute most, maybe, but that's still a
1: stretch. Right. So, I mean, the way it, the way it's like shaping up is if he ends up not being able to transition into college the way we're all hoping, you just have to go and just blow him off into the, you know.
0: Yep, cut your ties. Yeah. You, know? you hate to um, say it, but that's – first-round picks don't always pan out. Like, that's – Let's dig in on Sam Morin right now. now look at what right. he's done so far. Not much. It's a little it's a little different. It's a little different. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, he's had I, more time to prove himself, but he's also been riddled with injuries. So right, exactly. it is different. But the the fact remains that being picked in the first round, middle of the first round, you could argue, you know, you'd expect a guy like that to be part of the NHL roster by now. And he's not.
1: Yeah. So I obviously have an answer for this, but I'm going to ask it for you, coming to you first. Okay. Jay O'Brien, what are you predicting next year? Next year? Or even, and then moving forward, so next year and beyond. Next year, I'm predicting him to have a middle-of-the-road
0: type of year, where... You look at it and you don't necessarily say this guy is a complete bust. We screwed up drafting him. But you don't Mm. look at it and say totally worth a first-round pick. So I'm going to be the fence-sitter here. Um, Now, again, coming from what I know about this, and obviously you're the prospect mind on this show, so my prospect knowledge is a bit limited. He seems like the type of guy who... You know, he wins and wins and wins when he's playing against inferior competition. So, when he gets to right. a competition that is superior or at his level, he seems to struggle a little bit. And that's a mindset type of thing. So, right. if he can overcome that mindset, you know, the, the sky's the limit for this guy. If he can't, I, you know, I have to temper my expectations a bit because I just don't see it. Maybe he's a career
1: AHLer if that's right. the case. Yeah, so I mean I've recently wrote an article about this, but I don't want to completely dive into what I'm – if I'm going to chalk him up as a, bo- a bust until I've seen what he can do with Boston. But just based off of like my instincts, I think that he's going to have the kind of year where it's like, hey, there's this guy named Gavin Hain in North Dakota who's been drafted in the sixth round and is putting up similar points. Yeah. So right right now, Gavin Hayne, he's not much of a, an offensive producer. Um, he's got 10 points in 26 games. But he does play a significant role on North Dakota. But people are going to go, he's a six-round pick. And Jay O'Brien is a first-round pick. And yep. right now, they're comparable. You know yeah. that's the kind of season I think he's going to have in Boston because I think it's going to be such a difference, and I think it's going to be such a kick in the teeth. Yeah, and he's as, going to be 21 at that point, man. I mean, he's no longer a kid in the hockey world,
0: and it has a lot to do with who's going to be still at the University of Boston. I mean, Trevor right. Zebras is there, you know, and I expect you know Anaheim will probably sign him. I
1: that's my expectation too.
0: Exactly, I think we've discussed this before as well, but Boston. Ha- typically has a very good roster year in and year out, you know? And right. if Farabee, not Farabee, good Lord, Farabee was already there and now he's gone. If O'Brien can come in and basically blow the doors off the place, no doubt in my mind I think that he's going to end up destined for the NHL one of these days. If he comes in and has one of those ho-hum type of years where, like you said, a guy like Gavin Hayne can outproduce or produce at the same level as him – you really start to wonder, you know, is this guy
1: ever going to pan out for a Flyers franchise that could use somebody of his caliber? Right. I mean, it's like, and if you say next year, say he puts up like 20 points, right? Yeah. You're going to go, okay, so what is he going to be, professional ready by the time he's 26? Yeah. We don't need another, you know, Nick Cousins type of project here. Right. I, I The name's escaping me. Who was the guy on the phantoms last year that never really got too much of a shot um crap do you know he was he... a prospect but he was on the he was on the higher side of things i can't remember his damn name it's i wrote an article about him too i i couldn't tell you i'm sorry uh, uh do you know where he's it doesn't at doesn't really matter i have no idea okay it, it really doesn't matter too much because yes. it's just like a a reference, but it's probably going to bug me. We'll talk about Um, it. (laughs) Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. But yeah, I mean, I think that, uh, this is a guy where it's an attractive story because you just don't know. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's go, go ahead.
0: uh, It's the flashy name because of being the first round pick. He has that type of pedigree
1: and he's not living up to that hype. Right, and in a, wor- in a world where it's all about um, instant gratification, he's not living up to that.
0: No, um, Mike Vecchio. Mike, the way. Beck, yes, he was signed. He was a Hobie Baker finalist or award winner. Yep. Uh, yes, I had high hopes for him as well. Uh, that's... Right, and he never <laughs> panned
1: out. Yeah, yeah I mean, such a shame. So and
0: it's you could almost right. attribute that to having a lack of chances because Dave Haxtell was the coach. But again, another rabbit hole we can go down another one
1: of these days. Well, right. I mean, and Mike Vecchioni was, does not have Jay O'Brien's pedigree as a first round pick, but no, he does not. <laughs> he just, he reminded me of somebody who was older, by the way, he plays for the San Antonio rampage, just in case you're yes. curious.
0: St. Louis blues uh, affiliate. He signed with St. Louis over the off season. I yeah. remember that
1: 18 goals. Not bad. All right. Anyway, that does not matter. Yeah, It does um, not. We're not talking (laughs) – so, yeah, I mean, that's kind of all I have to say on my friend Jay O'Brien. That's all I got to say about that. (laughs) (laughs) Starting to sound like Forrest Gump here.
0: Uh, But, you know, you're right. I think, you know, if we're going to sum it up here, you've got a guy that was drafted in the first round. There's expectations that come with being drafted no matter where in the first round. Yep. You know, and right now it's – he leaves a lot more to be desired going into Providence after a great year at Thayer, having a down year. You know, you want to call it that. It's, it was much worse yeah. than a down year, let's be honest. Injuries, you know, confidence issues, whatever you may have you. Then he goes into the BCHL, plays with Penticton this year, and he's doing a very good job. He's averaging almost a point and a half per game. Next year is going to be the year where we really find out what he's made of, and he tests his medal in the NCAA. Yep. Yes. Yeah. I mean, is there anything else you would like to add to that? Because obviously you're the much brighter prospect mind than
1: I am. <laughs> Not really about Joe O'Brien, but I kind of like this. I like taking one guy and kind of like outlining his story. I mean, that that's kind of cool. I mean, it's kind of like what I would do in an article, but being able to talk about it is fun. It is. It's it's a good time because it gives me the, the uh,
0: <laughs> for lack of a better term, the dumber of us two. You know, when it comes to prospects, at least
1: <laughs> someone to
0: focus on. Never mind what John's about to say here in a second. But like, you get to really dissect where he was drafted, where he's at now, the trajectory, and you know, so on and so forth. It's fun, you know. It's, right. It makes me feel a lot smarter than I actually am. <laughs>
1: Two nothing. 2 That's, nothing. We're down yes. 2 nothing to the Devils.
0: Uh, yes, we're recording this during the Flyers Devils game and for some god unknown reason the Flyers are losing 2 nothing which cuz we're flying again. Yes, the
1: flyers are flying and we're right, going to get anyway, going. I mean, we should probably we should probably go because yes. let's not we're, we prospect to talk on this.
0: Yes, I just got a text from my buddy Chad who just sent me the facepalm and that just that's all you need to know about how the game's going so far.
1: Anyways, John, please let us know where the folks can find us at home. Yep, so you can find us at two places um, as far as the social media world goes. You can find us at Pod ST Bullies and at Pod ST Prospects. You can also find our podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, Spreaker, um, iHeartRadio, uh Pod Home, Pod Bean. I am not gonna say it this time. Ah, oh, thank God. I was egging uh, you on there though. <laughs> yeah. Pod Rod. Uh yeah. you know, all those, various podcasts places.
0: All those awesome, awesome podcasting apps right. that you know you listen Pod to. Munch us Mutter's still my favorite. Podmunture is still put, John's favorite.
1: Yeah, you have to put in your birthday though before you sign into that one.
0: Yeah. Similar to the Jack Daniels website. I found that out at a young age. But regardless, you can find both of us, Pod Street Bob, Pod Street Gove on Twitter. Folks, this has been the Pod Street Prospects. Until next week until the pod street bully show let's go flyers
1: bye now